Hello, this is Jerry McGee. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. We have obstacles to overcome. Have you noticed? <laughs> That's why, um, you know, the, the song Onward Christian Soldiers is becoming more and more real to me as I get older. Is Onward Christian Soldiers. And thank the Lord for his grace and for his mercy. Father, we just come before your throne and we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace that helps us overcome. We thank you that you won the victory for us at Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your word to heal us. And so, Father, tonight I pray that each person who's listening to this message will be healed totally in whatever area they need healing in. In Jesus' name, I ask you to cover every person with the blood of Jesus. Cover Dorothy and her precious family with the blood of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to bring comfort to this family after to the loss of their grandson, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for you, you to give us wisdom in everything that we do and all of our decisions. And Father, I choose to die to myself tonight that your life might come through to each person. Father, I pray for supernatural healings. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will fall upon each listener in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said we'll receive power after which your Holy Spirit has come upon us. So, Father, we ask you to bring your Holy Spirit down upon us in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you, that this message will be delivered with your mighty anointing and, Lord, with a word from heaven for each person who's listening. Lord, I bind each person to the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, a spirit of repentance, and the truth that sets them free. Father, I ask that I be a tree of life tonight, that that rivers of living water come forth from our innermost being. In Jesus' name. And I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. I forbid you to work, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against anyone who's listening in, against Dorothy and her family, me and my family, against uh, my secretary, Lord, against the people that attend my church. In the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing upon every life. In the name of Jesus, I just praise you, Lord. I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this program, over those who are listening uh, to this program in the name of Jesus, uh, over uh, Dorothy and her family, me and my family, in the name of Jesus, and over everything that concerns us. Uh, we we just, uh, in Jesus' name, send every curse and assignment back to the enemy seven times over, unbroken, and in full force, in Jesus' name. Well, tonight I want to teach on back problems, and basically, it's just a word study of looking up all the words on back. And uh, God has taught me over the years that there are spiritual roots to physical problems, and there's a spiritual root to why the enemy attacks us. In fact, I taught this a few weeks ago on uh, Omega Man Radio, and I had a precious lady write me and tell me that when she listened to the message, she didn't have back problems, but she was healed of something else. So if God heals you of something tonight, I just love to hear what God's done. And you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E R I. M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. So just email me. I love to hear what God's done, and all the glory will go to him. 
because he is our healer, our deliverer, our king, our savior, our master. Uh, He's our everything. And Lord, we thank you that we have you. We thank you that you let us know you a little bit. And Lord, we want to know you more in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And so praise God. So if God heals you of something, I want to hear from you. And even if he doesn't, I want to hear. I like to hear what God has. And basically, this is just a word study uh, where I've taken out all the scriptures on back. And then I've pulled out uh, the revelation from the scripture and I'll be given scriptures. And as you listen, if you'll be repenting of each thing, whether you think you've done it or not, if you will be repenting uh, as I give these uh, different points, if you'll be repenting, then you'll get a greater deliverance. Because the Bible says in Psalms 107, I was a prisoner in misery and chains, um, and then I cried out to the Lord in my distress, and he sent his word to heal me. You know, we kind of have that all backwards in the body of Christ. It's like we, we think that he sent the doctor to heal us. You know, a doctor can't heal you. He can patch you up. He can put a Band-Aid on your spiritual problem. He can cut something out, sew something up, uh, move something around, but he can't heal you. God is the healer. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is your healer. He is my doctor. And if you've received him as Savior, have you received him as your doctor? I've received him as my doctor. And I just praise God that uh, he is keeping me well. And so I thank the Lord for that. But he sent his word to heal you. Uh, God showed me this uh, some years ago when uh, I had a sinus infection that had lasted, uh, oh, goodness, a year and a half after my son uh, died of AIDS in 1989, uh, I had a sinus infection that lasted, goodness, for about a year and a half. And uh, I I knew how sin and sickness was related. So I just said, Lord, don't let any medication heal me. If this is some sin you're trying to show me, don't let nothing heal me. Kinds of antibiotics, it had no effect on me. And finally, I went to one allergy doctor and he gave me some allergy medicine and, some, and an antibiotic. And um, it you know, it kind of cleared things up a little bit, but my largest slacks lacked about five inches uh, hooking. And I thought, I'm not taking this medicine because it just made me swell up. I'm not taking this anymore if I never do get healed. And I decided to practice what I preach. So I pulled up every scripture that had to do with uh, my physical problem. And the Lord had showed me and narrowed it down that it was pride in my mouth, but I couldn't get, I just didn't get what he was trying to say. Because, you know, I thought, well, I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of that. Pride's not it. Um, But when he said it was your mouth and your tongue, I thought, you know, that fits me. As uh, all of us have had a tongue problem because the Bible says the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And who can tame it? We can't tame it, but we can get our heart healed. Uh, so that w- what we what's in our heart comes out our mouth, and it's pure words, not uh, contamination that comes out. And so I decided I pulled up on the computer. I pulled up all the scriptures on pride and haughty and arrogant, and uh, I pulled up all the scriptures on mouth, tongue, lips, uh, words. And I when I I printed it all out, and I had about a inch high stack of computer sheets, and it took me three days to go through those those scriptures and uh, after the first day I said to the Lord Lord you must be so sick of me I saw so much pride and arrogance in my life 
Uh, and by the way, I'm still repenting of it, but I'm not as bad as I used to be. But anyway, I saw so much pride prior to that. I would read the word and I think, you know, my husband needs to read this. This fits my mother. This fits my sister. Oh, this just fits somebody else. I never saw how it fit me. And this, the, as I was repenting over these scriptures, I saw me and only me. And I said, oh, God, you must be so sick of me. And at the end of three days, I was totally healed, except one side of my nose was just a little bit stopped up. So then I looked up all the scriptures on nose. And when it got to the one on pride and Leviathan, it says, can you put a rope in his nose? Um, And so I, I had a vision that God was trying to restrain my mouth with a rope. And I said, oh, God, forgive me. I feel like I've got a rope in my nose. And you know that that left, and I was healed of allergies back in about 1990 or 1991. And God showed me. He sent his word to heal me. He sent his word to heal you. Jesus is the word of God. Uh, John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word. And when you read the word, you're creating the presence of Jesus, and his presence is necessary for healing. And I'm thankful that God has taught me to walk in repentance. Um, I, I'm still a work in progress, as all of you are. And you won't be perfectly fixed or perfectly delivered till you get to heaven. You know, we need to, it's, you know, God wants us to learn how to overcome the negative things in our lives. And we all have a, our own set of things to overcome. Uh, but praise God. You know, you can cut down a tree. And uh, there are spiritual roots to things, and you can cut down a tree, and um, it'll it'll grow back because you didn't dig the roots out. You know, I live on a 116-acre uh, f- farm, and there's just it's just lots of trees. And so when I moved uh, up in the trees, I had to cut down a lot of trees. And I've got a lot of uh, tree I've got a lot of trees where I that I've cut down. And they're still there, and it's almost like they become a tree bush because I didn't dig them up. Because to get a root grinder, you know, each at each thing that you have to grind down, I mean, it can cost hundreds of dollars. So I just cut them down to the ground and pray that I don't trip over them. <laughs> There's lots of them out there. And so you have to get to the spiritual root to things, and that's why sometimes a precious lady called me yesterday, and she said, I Everything I would say to her, she said, I've done all that. I've done all that. Well, I'm sure you have done lots of things, but God, deliverance is like peeling an onion. Uh, You got got deliverance with some of those layers that came off, and then uh, the problem came back. It didn't mean you didn't get delivered. It just means there's another thing God's trying to teach you. God has taught me that the problem points me to what he wants to heal next because if he showed me everything that was wrong with me at one time I couldn't take it it says in uh, Exodus 20 um, God doesn't drive out the enemy in one day he tells us in another place I believe in Philippians to work out your salvation with fear and trembling so how I do that is I whatever the problem is I say okay Lord what are you trying to teach me through this and so um here are just some of the spiritual roots to back problems and be be repenting as I name each of these things. And like I said, it's just a word study. Um, so backsliding is the number one problem, uh, the wonder, number one uh, reason why people have back problems. And to backslide means that after I receive Jesus as Savior, 
I get back and start practicing sin. Or I turn my, unconsciously, I don't really realize I'm doing this, but maybe I hop back in bed with my boyfriend or um, I get to lying or stealing or cheating and I just go back to the world. And that's a backsliding spirit. Another is uh, there are people in our life that put burdens on our on us. You know, little children, uh, parents put burdens on little children that they are not able to carry or shouldn't have to carry. A lot of times there's uh, parents that are uh, incompetent or, or lazy or work all the time, and they'll, they'll tell one of the children, you be in charge. And so they're putting a burden on their back. Um, I, I know another person uh, that I prayed for, her, her daddy put heavy burdens on her back. She had to, to do things that a little girl didn't have the strength to do. And when she forgave him and, and we cut the burdens off her back, uh, she was healed. Now, you can't see a burden, but you can feel it. it. If your eyes could be open to the spirit realm, you would see a burden on somebody's back if you could see like angels and demons. So just because you can't see it with physical eyes, it doesn't mean that in the spirit realm, it's just as real, only you can't see it with the human eye. Uh, another thing is that, um, you know, our back is a place where we carry burdens. Have you ever been around somebody that was negative all the time? You could never please them. They were always wanting you to jump through their hoops. They were nitpicking you 24-7. And you know what? That person is a Pharisee or a, a, a religious person. A person that's just a, has a religious spirit, they don't ever deal with uh, what's going on inside. They only uh, make want to make the outward look uh, good. And Jesus rebuked the Pharisees in Matthew 23 uh, when he said, you put heavy burdens on men's back and you're not even willing to lift a little finger to help. And so being being controlled by Pharisees or nitpicked by people or parents or other people, or maybe you're married and you have a mate that nitpicks you, maybe nitpicks you, you never can do anything right and you just feel like uh, crawling in a hole someplace. Well, uh, God doesn't want you to be controlled by anything other than the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be under authority and, and, and listening to the voice of God through authority, not listening to some demon through authority. And uh, God wants us to be people that live under his authority. Another uh, cause of back problems is a wounded spirit. You know, a lot of times we think, um, we think that our skeleton holds our body up, but our spirit man holds our body up. And so if you just could see an illustration of a man, maybe the outward um, form of a man, and then draw another one inside that would represent his human spirit. Uh, when a person has been totally wounded in childhood, it's like, that the, it's like that he's totally crushed inside, and that throws pressure onto his back. Uh, you know, your skeleton is not what holds up your back, your spirit man. And you know you have a wounded spirit when you get your button pushed all the time. You're just hurt. You're just like you're constantly lacerated. Uh, everybody, you know, people can look at you a certain way or say something to you and you get angry. You may not blow up and be angry, but you'll stuff it, which is even worse. I mean, it's not good to blow it up either, blow up either. But if you're a person that stuffs everything, can I tell you it becomes a festering sore? It's more healthy, even though it does not right, to just blast it all out get it all out but a wounded spirit is a place where you're touchy 
uh, where people can say anything to you or or better not say this or that or better not do this or that or you get your button pushed. And uh, But a person that, that has back problems could be because their inner man has been totally crushed. Therefore, um, their their spirit man is so crushed it, it there's no strength to hold up the body frame. Another is backstabbing and, and being stabbed in the back or maybe the knife of betrayal. Has anyone ever betrayed you? It's like they put a knife in your back or have you ever backstabbed anybody or have you ever had anybody backstab you? Another, another, another cause of back problems is words of death spoken over us. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so uh, we should be speaking life to people. You know, something that grieves me so deeply, and I know that it must grieve God more, and maybe it grieves me because I used to be guilty of doing the very same thing, is to tear down your mate with your mouth. God wants us to encourage one another, speak life to each other, bless each other. And speaking of blessings, I'll tell you about a miracle that happened. Uh, well, it was a miracle to me. Uh, you may not think it is, but I was at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. And if you're listening, Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, I'm not knocking the water. But, you know, a lot of this bottled water that's not purified water, if it's spring water, has a nasty taste and had a nasty smell. And I picked up one of those bottles of water and um I drank it, and it it smelled bad, and it tasted bad. Well, the next day, I needed water, and that was the only water that was there. And I said, well, Lord, I don't want any more of that water that doesn't taste good. And I didn't want it, but that was the only place I could get water. So, um, And it's not just there. It's any place. A lot of this bottled water, in fact, I was told by a man that that sells pure water purifying systems that they've tested even what is called pure, and it's not pure. But anyway, long story short. The next day, I got a bottle of water, and I said, Lord, I ask you to bless this water. I thank you for it. I ask you to purify it and sanctify it and consecrate it to my body. And I promise you, as God is my witness, that the the water smelled and tasted delicious. And so, you know, if your body is 70% water, how would that affect you if you blessed everything? If you blessed your body, you blessed other people, you blessed your children. You know, little children, they hear curses, words spoken over them that just destroys their life. It's like words are arrows, and we we need to speak life with our mouth and not death. And since then, I mean, I've been blessing the water I drink. I've been blessing my vitamin pills. Anything I put in my mouth, I've been thanking God for it and blessing it and asking God to consecrate it and sanctify it. You know, he tells us to bless our food. How many times do we just eat ha- eat our food and then we think, oops, I didn't do it, or we don't even think, and uh, or you, you've half eaten it and you haven't blessed the Lord. There's so many preservatives and, and poisons in the food you buy. Anything processed has got all kinds of preservatives and things that are harmful to you. You know, God knew that uh, when he he told us in his word, that we need to bless our food and thank God for it. So we need to do that. And that's just kind of a little sideline, but I'm telling you, it's changed my life. I'm thankful. I want to start blessing everybody. And I bless every person who's listening to this message. I just bless you with health, with vitality, with overcoming, with victory, with healing. I bless you to know more of God, to decrease it. 
that God might increase in our life. I bless our going in. I bless our coming out. I bless us in the city. I bless us in the country. I bless us with strength and energy. So we need to start blessing our mates, our children. You know, when you bless somebody, the grace of God is imparted to that person to carry out what you bless. If you speak negative or speak death, demons are drawn to that person to carry out what you've cursed. And so, you know, there's a thing, and I can't, I can't quote it, but I used to see it in the, my pediatrician's office. It said children, um, uh, anyway, how our children are trained up if they grow up in this or grow up in that. And I can't even quote it. I shouldn't even have brought it up, but it came to my mind. Um, so if we speak over our children and over our grandchildren, and instead of speaking negatively, we'll see God change things. And then how the medical profession, they speak negative over you. And, uh, you know, a man told me that when a doctor mentions something, some sickness, you know, you're going to die, you have cancer, you have this, you have that, you have uh, bursitis, you have whatever, he's prophesying over you. Is it death or is it life? You need to break that. If you've had doctors say things over you, you need to break the power of their negative words. And believe God's word that he said he sent his word to heal you. Another uh, cause of back problems is having a spirit of Leviathan working in you, a pride spirit. You know, in in Job 41, it talks about Leviathan. He he makes hell look wise. Um, you don't want to tangle with, with him because fire comes out of his mouth. Have you been that kind of a person that you burn people down with your mouth? And it says that if you put your hand on him, you won't do it again. And then it says he's king over all the sons of pride. And so um, it, Leviathan sometimes will manifest in back problems and tailbone problems, uh, in lung problems, because it says you can't come within his double male or you can't come within his lungs, and that's where air, no air can get through. Read Job 41 and repent over all of Job 41. Uh, another thing is false responsibility and it's excessive burdens. You know, when a little child has been trained up to be the mama to the daddy because mom and dad are not there for, for whatever reason, they, they're put under a false responsibility. And that kind of person carries people all their life. They carry everybody. They were trained up to carry the load. And if they were trained up to carry the load, guess what? They still got the load through a soul tie. Uh, I remember um, a pastor called me from from Oklahoma, <clears throat> I don't even know the lady, never talked to her before. And she said, I'm getting ready to have to have hip problem. I have a hip problem, and I'm getting ready to have to have surgery. And uh, she said, I pastor a church. And I said, well, when, when you were a little kid, did you have to carry your brothers and sisters on the hip? It, meaning, did you have to take care of them? You know how you've seen a little girl carry a baby on her hip? Or I said, did you have to carry your brothers and sisters on the hip? And she said, yes. She said, I had to carry my mother and daddy on the hip, my hip, too. And I said, and now you're a pastor and of a church, and now you're having to carry everybody on your hip. And she said to me, you don't have to pray for me. My hip is already healed. You see, it's the truth that sets people free. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says no man comes to the Father except by him. But false responsibility put upon little children. Uh, another thing is, you know, the Bible says that the government's on Jesus. The government is on his shoulders. And so when a child is trained up with false responsibility, the parents put the government on their children's shoulders. And one way to be healed 
is to release that burden uh, and put it on Jesus's shoulders because he says that um, the government is on his shoulders. So we need to take it off of our shoulders and put it on Jesus's shoulders. And then uh, another uh, huge cause, and I see more people healed through breaking soul ties than any other thing, but through soul ties, um, with the people that have hurt us, the people that have mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually abused us, soul ties with people who've placed burdens on our backs, uh, soul ties with, with people that have beat us. Uh, uh, let me, just give me a, let me give you an example. I was at a, I had a seminar once in a little town called Rockdale, Texas, and there was about 12 people healed in the, in the behind area because they, their, their daddy would, would beat them or whip them with a board. One lady said, my daddy would hit me with a board in the seat. And they had, I had about 12 ladies healed who had, whose, whose daddy had beat them in the behind, uh, just through breaking soul ties and through forgiving. Um, if somebody, for example, hits you in the stomach when you're 12 years old and you let the sun go down on it and you don't forgive them, you don't know to, most of us don't even know to do that unless you've had parents that teach that. <clears throat> but and you don't forgive them and maybe when you're 50 years old you got a stomach problem and you wonder what in the world's wrong and they can't find anything wrong well the person that punched you in the stomach through a soul tie by not forgiving that person you have a soul tie with him and his fist is still in your stomach i mean i've seen people healed over and over and over just through breaking soul ties another lady in a prayer group i was in she said jerry she said i failed two days ago and I hit my side of my face, and my face has been in pain ever since. I said, well, did anybody ever uh, hit you in the face? And she said, no, not that I can think of. And so anyway, I prayed with her, but she didn't get healed. And later on that afternoon, um, the lady that headed up the prayer group said, you don't have to pray for this lady anymore because after she got home, she remembered that when she was 13 years old, a bunch of uh, two girls or three girls slapped her in the face. And see, she let the sun go down on it. And when she forgave those three girls, her face was healed. And so sometimes we think it's, uh, I had another man that thought he had, it was a motorcycle wreck. He was had uh, in his legs, he couldn't hardly walk. And anyway, it turned out there were other reasons that it wasn't the motorcycle wreck. It was something else. So this happens over and over. And I've seen it happen for the past 35 years uh, through breaking soul ties. So if anybody uh, I've seen women, for example, if they have uh, so that have been into sexual sin. One lady up in Michigan said, uh, "I recently had surgery on my private parts, and I don't remember what it was." But she said, um, "And she said I've been in pain ever since." I said, "Have you ever been to sexual sin?" And she said, "Yes." And so I said, "Well, repent of whatever the Lord shows you." And I don't want to hear it because I don't want to know the details. But everything you've ever done with anyone. Forgive them and ask God to forgive you and forgive yourself. And when you're through, tell me. So when we got when she got through repenting um, of everybody she had had sex with, uh, I broke soul. She bro I broke letter to break soul ties. And I said, and I take the sword of the spirit and I cut those people out of her. I cut off all their private parts off of her. And um, Anyway, she was instantly healed through breaking soul ties. You see, if if you've been in sexual sin and you're a woman, you get the DNA of whoever you have a sex you ever have sex with. You get their DNA. 
And I've been told that that doesn't apply to men, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure that it doesn't. But anyway, um, when you have sex with someone outside of wedlock and you're, and you, um, and you haven't broke soul ties and you haven't repented and you haven't broke soul ties, they're still up inside the woman. Or if a man's had sex, they're still, that person is still on them. So that's why you need to break soul ties. And I've taught this on, uh, uh, I've taught this message before on uh, Dorothy Carruthers, and you can also find it on youtube.com. But pull up the message on soul ties and listen because, I believe there's an insight to soul ties that you don't hear in a lot of places. And it's been life-changing for me, and I trust it will be to you too. But through soul ties, through soul tie, you get the physical problems, the emotional problems, the mental problems, the sexual problems, the addictions of whoever you have a soul tie with. And a soul tie can be connected like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a chain, depending on the depths of sin that you were involved in. Another thing is uh, vexation. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.10 says, So remove vexation from your heart and put pain out of your body. And vexation means grief, sorrow, provocation, anger, hurt, and it's all of that. It's idolatry because in all of your hurt, you didn't turn to God. You turned to other things. And so um, to get rid of pain, you have to find the vexation and remove it through repentance. Another is, uh, you know, little children that grow up and they feel no support. They were trained up to have no support. And, of course, God wants to support us. But because parents model for us a picture of what God's like, we think God's just like our parents, and he won't support us either if our parents didn't support us. And so if you if you had great parents, you know, praise God. But I'm telling you, it's, it's in the minority. I, probably of all the people I've ever ministered to over the years, for the last 35 years, I could probably tell you, I probably could count on my two hands the number of people that I've met and all the hundreds of people that I've ministered to that had good parents. And, you know, you can have the best parents in the world, and I guess I did, but um, I can tell you they weren't perfect, and neither have I been. A person that can't come, can't cope with emotional difficulties. Maybe if you're a fainter, you want to bail out every time there's a problem. Uh, feeling burdened emotionally, uh, feelings of frustration and anger is another cause. God tells us not to let the sun go down on our anger because we get a foot, give a foothold to the enemy. Have you ever felt like there was just somebody riding your back? Well, they are. They could be riding your back through a soul tie. Say you grew up and your parent was always riding your back or you were having to carry him around or um, somebody that's nitpicking you, you want them off your back. That can be another um, cause. Being a scapegoat in the family, you know, every family has a scapegoat, and that's the person that everybody takes out their bad day on. They might uh, be one person that gets blamed for everything, gets accused of everything, gets in trouble when other people are doing it uh, because they are the scapegoat. I ministered to a girl once who came out of Satanism, and in, in the satanic ritual, they made her a scapegoat, and in that ritual, somebody would come up and say, I put all my anger on her. Another person would come out, I put all my rebellion on her. 
another one, I put all of this on her. And and as we were ministering to her, we were taking those things off, and she was getting delivered. Praise God. You know, Jesus became uh, uh, Jesus became our scapegoat. Thank God that he bore our sins at Calvary. Another is repercussions of, of surgeries. You know, um, there's always repercussions in whatever we do uh, that's contrary to the word of God. And you know what? If you if you don't get deliverance, you, you better go to the world for answers because the answer is in getting deliverance. <laughs> and um, it's like taking off the layers. The Bible said he sent his word to heal you. Another thing, Genesis 10, 19, uh, 26 tells us about Lot's wife. You know, she looks back. <clears throat> the Bible says in, in Genesis nineteen twenty six, but his but his wife from behind him looked back, speaking of Lot's wife, and became a pillar of salt. And it says, <clears throat> he who puts his hands to the plow and looks back, Jesus said, is not worthy to be my servant. Because of idolatry, God removes his hand from us. And idolatry is loving anything or anybody more than we love Jesus. There are many parents that love their kids more than they love God. And that's idolatry. I've discovered that if I make an idol out of people, they always, re- they always um, reject me. Because God says, you know, you're not going to have any other gods but before me. You know, when we make an idol out of a person, we, we try to serve them. We want to give to them. We want to do this. We want to do that. We want to jump through their hoops. We want to change our schedule, whatever. We just can't do enough for them. And let me tell you something. We grovel for their approval, and they'll end up turning on us. And so God doesn't want us to make idols out of people. Uh, uh, Exodus twenty three twenty three says, Then I will take my hand away, and shall, and you shall see my back. But my face you shall not see. And then God holds back honor because of pride and idolatry. You know, you know you have an idol if you get angry when you don't get it. You know you have an idol if you're fearful of losing it, or if you have, or if, you're, if you have it, you fearful you lose it. And if you don't have it, you fear you won't get it. You know you have an idol if if something's depressing you. God says, let go of your life that you might find it. Numbers twenty four eleven says, therefore flee to your place. Now, I said I would honor you greatly, but behold, the Lord has held you back from honor. God wants to honor us, and if we're as long as we're trying to honor ourselves, we'll never get any any honor. God says only the humble get grace. Another thing is being greedy. Uh, God told the children of Israel after they uh, harvested their garden, not go back and glean a field, but it was for the orphans and the widows and the poor. Deuteronomy twenty four nineteen says, when you, when you reap your harvest in your field and have forgotten a, she- a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for, for the alien, for the orphan, and for the widow in order that, that the Lord your God will bless you in the work of your hands. You know, sometimes when somebody does something nice for me, I always say, um, in fact, I was at Sam's Wholesale Club a few days ago, and a man pulled a basket loose from me, and I said, you know, the Bible says there's a blessing for helping a widow. 
praise God. But but a lot of people don't get that. And I can say I never really got it until I became a widow. <laughs> Turning back from God's covenant. You know, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we enter into a covenant relationship with him where we are his bride. Uh, men and women are the bride of Christ. Um, we're his possession. And uh, whenever we live after the flesh, we break God's covenant. The scripture says that a covenant, um, it says in Hebrews 9, 16, and 17, a covenant is only valid when men are dead. And so whatever we do, any service that we have to God, anything that we do, any teachings we do, whatever we do, if we're not dead to ourselves when we do it, it's, it's a fruitless labor, even though we might think it's really fruitful. But it brings us under a curse when we break God's covenant. Uh, Deuteronomy 28:60 says, And he'll bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you are afraid, and they shall cling to you. And verse 28 says, And the Lord will bring you back to Egypt. In other words, he's going to let you go back to the world in ships by a way about which I spoke to you. You will never see it again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there'll be no buyer. In other words, no one will want you. And your enemies, the Bible says, are not people, but principalities and powers. So you see rejection. You'll just be rejected wherever you go. Another thing God tells us to fear not. He says, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. <clears throat> Joshua 7, 8 says, uh, in other words, don't turn back in fear. We're to pursue our enemy. We're to overtake them. We are not. We're not to turn back until they're defeated. Uh, just uh, Joshua seven eight says, "O Lord, what can I say? What can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies?" Another cause of back problems is going back to cling to the to the nations. In other words, go back and cling to the world. The Bible says if we love the world, the love of the Father is not even in us. Joshua twenty three twelve. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of those nations, these which remain among you and intermarry with them, so that you associate with them and they with you, know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations from among before you, but they shall be a, sna- a snare and a trap to you and a whip to your side and thorns to your eyes until you perish from off this good land where the Lord your God has given you. And so um, God doesn't want us to um, join ourselves with unbelievers. He don't want us to go back to the world. I had a lady uh, call me years ago, and she said, she said, I have all these physical problems. And she said, and my boyfriend's an atheist, and I've just, I've just been sick, 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 all kinds of physical problems. And I said, well, um, I said, are you having sex with your boyfriend? And she said, yes. And I said, well, there's a soul tie right there. And I said, you said he's an atheist. And I said, the Bible says don't join yourself with with unbelievers and and her first comments was the devil's doing a number on me. And I said, no, the devil's not doing a number on you. God's given you a whipping for violating his word. The Bible says no adulterer, fornicator, homosexual, liar, reviler, slander, gossips, 
thief is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. I said, you need to repent. Plus, when you join yourself with a harlot, an unbeliever, you become one with them. Anyway, she emailed me after that, and she said, it broke my heart, but I broke up with this boyfriend, and I repented. And she said, all my physical problems left. And so you see, when we violate God's word, there are consequences. When we break God's covenant, a covenant is only valid when men are dead. And in that covenant, the old, the old Testament is the old covenant. The New Testament is the new covenant. When we violate the word of God, then um, uh, the covenant is, no long, is not valid until we repent. And another thing is turning back to follow a leader because um, we trusted the leader more than we trusted God. Judges 2.19 says, but it came about when the judge died that they would turn back and act more corruptly than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down to them. Uh, they did not abandon the, their practices or their stubborn ways. And so God, you know, there's no place in the life of a believer for stubbornness. Our heart has to be open to receive what God wants to teach us. Another thing, turning back from not following God. In other words, turning back, we're supposed to be following God, but all of a sudden we turn back. Uh, we turn back to folly, justifying our uh, partial obedience. First Samuel fifteen eleven says, I reg- God, God said, I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commandments. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. God wants us to be overcomers. The promises of God are to overcome. And so if we turn back from overcoming, 2 Samuel 22, 38 says, I perceive, uh, now this, uh, this person didn't turn back. He said, I pursued my enemies and destroyed them, and I did not turn back until they were consumed. And, and again, your, your enemies are not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. The things that bother you about other people are demons working in those people, and you need to, to, to deal with the demonic rather than to, to hold unforgiveness toward the person. And we all have people like that in our life. I have people in my life. It grieves me deeply. People that I have uh, laid down my life for, people that I have helped and, and blessed, and, um, and they are... They have hardly given me the time of day. And you know what? I have to die to myself, and I do. I choose death to myself. I'd much rather that person love Jesus with their whole heart and never talk to me again than um, pamper my flesh. So I choose to die to it. And we all go through that. Every person has got people in their life that reject them, that put up walls, people that they love more than anybody besides Jesus. Or maybe they've loved them more than Jesus. Casting God behind my back is another cause of back problems. First Kings fourteen nine. You also have done more evil than all who were before you, and have gone and made for yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger, and have cast me behind your back. And you know, another God is, you know, you've got an idol. If you get angry when you don't get it, you know, you have an idol when you get fearful, if you think you're going to lose it or 
um, fearful if you think you'll never have it or angry when you don't get it or depressed because things don't go the way you think. The Bible says all sin is idolatry. First um, Samuel fifteen twenty three says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is as idolatry. Because of anger and raging against the Lord, um, God says your arrogance has come up into my ears and I'm going to put a hook in your nose and a bridle in your lips and I'm going to turn you back. The scripture says in Second uh, Kings nineteen twenty eight. Because of your raging against me, God says, and because your arrogance has come up into my ears, therefore I'll put a hook in your nose and a bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came. I was ministering in in, um, Bridge City, Texas, and a a little lady came up to me, and um, she said, I've got something wrong with my jaw. And and so... what I did was the scripture that came to me is because of your arrogance has come up into my ears and you're raging against me. I'm going to put a hook in your jaw and a bridle in your lips. And of course the bridle wouldn't be just in the lips. It would have the effect in the jaw too. I let her in repentance. And the minute I said, Lord, forgive me for arrogance. I mean, she agreed that she had been raging against God. And I just said, I take the hook out of her nose and I take the bridle from her lips and her jaw was healed. You know, when the Bible says I'm going to do that, we we read that and we think, well, you know what it means. But in the spirit realm, that's exactly what he does, even though you can't see it with human eye. If if that person was walking down the street and you couldn't see with human eye, you'd see a bridle in her lips and you'd see a hook in, a, a hook in her nose. In the spirit realm, angels and demons can see that. You know, it talks about moth-eaten garments. Well, we may have clothes on. It talks about being spiritually naked, you know. Well, we've got clothes on, but in the spirit realm, we're naked because we've not been clothed with the garments of Christ. Uh, Another cause is being a stumbling block, uh, not bringing people back to the Lord. God tells us to speak the truth in love. Second Chronicles 19.4 says, So Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and went out again among the people from Bathsheba, to the hill country of Ephraim and brought them back to the Lord, the God of their fathers. So God wants us to uh, turn sinners from their ways. In fact, Ezekiel 3 says their blood's on our hands if we don't tell them. Maybe you've been like me. You've told people stuff for a long time and they don't want to hear it. So, you know, there's a time and a season where after you've said it, you just need to not throw your pearls before swine because you get trampled. But that doesn't mean that we don't ever attempt or try to turn people back. And so it's their decision. And being a fool uh, that won't turn back. The Bible says you can pound a fool in a pestle. You can grind a, a fool in a pestle along with crushed grain, but his folly won't depart from him. A pestle is this thing that uh, the Indians used to grind wheat, you know, that where they would put the corn and they would grind it. In, in this bowl looking thing or you see a a, um, a pharmacist grinds pills in the same pestle and God says that if, if the person's a fool you can grind him in one of those and his folly won't depart from him the scripture says the folly of a fool is his discipline 
you know, my folly is going to be what's going to always discipline me. For example, if I overeat, guess what? My folly disciplines me. I gain weight. Um, if I go out and charge up all my charge accounts, my folly disciplines me. My son lived a homosexual lifestyle. And, and I, I want to say this. If you're listening in and you're a homosexual, I'm telling you, I love homosexuals. But homosexuality, adultery, fornication, pornography, all in the same category. A homosexual is not any worse than an adulterer, but God condemns all of it. Um, And uh, my son, his folly was sexual sin, and AIDS killed him. That was his folly. Job 39, verse 22, again of Behemoth, and you can read all of... uh, Job 39, but he talks about Behemoth. He lays up in the lily pads. He's lazy. But he's got he's so arrogant, he laughs at fear and is not dismayed, and he does not turn back from the sword. Um, Proverbs, I mean, Psalm 17 says the sword, God uses, when the Bible talks about a sword, he's talking about the powers of darkness is, is his sword. Another is being an enemy of God's children and being an enemy of God. Psalm 610 says, all my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly dismayed. They shall turn back. They shall suddenly be dismayed. Psalms 9.3 says, when my enemies turn back, they stumble and, and perish before thee. Another is um, borrowing and not, and not giving back. Psalms 37:21 says, "The wicked borrow and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives." Uh, and I want to say this too: It's wicked when we charge up or we charge things and we don't pay it back, or we have no intention of paying it back. I, I know a man that just kept charging up stuff and he never intended to ever pay it back, and he died a pauper because. By your standard of measure, it's measured back to you. And, you know, you you may say, well, I've got all these bills and I can't pay them. Well, that's understandable. But if you just paid $5 on each bill, I know they want the whole thing. But at least it shows God that you're willing to do what's right. My parents used to own a gas company. And um, if, if, if people owed them money, which the many people owed them money, if they just paid them $5, you know, when I was a kid growing up, my mother said, well, that, that poor lady, she's got all these kids and she's doing the best she can. And she's, uh, you know, she just would pay $5 here, $5 there. She was doing the best she could. You know, that shows good intent, even though these credit card companies want it all. But you you're, want to please God. But don't charge. In fact, God tells us to owe no man for anything. So, and nowadays we have to have credit cards for certain things, but um, but don't don't go out. And if you've done it in the past, repent, ask God to forgive you, ask Him to show you how to get out of it, and He will. God is a faithful God, and He knows your heart. But but this is a word from the fu- for the future. Don't charge up anything that you can't pay for, or don't intend to pay for. It says in Psalms 37:21, the wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. God wants us to be people that are givers. And then having a spirit of Ephraim. Ephraim means double fruit. 
producing fruit for the Lord and fruit for the devil, double-minded. Um, he had the tools, but he always turned back in battle. Psalm 78 verse 9 says, and, you know, we have the tools in Christ because Jesus Christ has spoiled principalities and powers, making an open show of them at Calvary. He won the victory at Calvary. He's already won the victory. But the sons of Ephraim, even though they had the tools, they turned back in the day of battle. <laughs> Some of Ephraim, uh, the sons of Ephraim <coughs> were archers equipped with bows, yet they turned back in the day of battle. Psalm seventy-eight fifty-seven. But they turned back and acted corruptly, acted treacherously like their fathers. They turned aside like a treacherous bow. You know, a treacherous bow, like if you aim a bow, you want it to go straight to the target. A treacherous bow would get out of line, would go a different direction. <clears throat> Turning back to folly is another cause of back problems. Psalms 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what the Lord will say. For he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones. But let him not turn back to folly. The folly of a fool, like I said, is his discipline. Another is having plowers on your back. It would be like demons with little plows, plowing up your back. It says the plowers plowed upon my neck and have lengthened, uh, they've plowed upon my back and lengthened their furrows. Psalms 129 verse 3 says the plowers, Plowed up my back. They lengthened their furrows. It'd be like they're plowing up your back and they're making rows of furrows in your back. Another is not giving back to your neighbor when he asks, saying, you know, just wait, just put it off. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 28 says, Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you to give. Another thing is um, a fool gets a rod for his back. Proverbs 26, verse 3 says, A whip for the donkey, a bridle for a mule, and the rod for the back of a fool. And, you know, you can't see the rod. It'd be like if you... um, Example would be like you were taking a rod and beating somebody in the back with a big club or a switch or a big branch off of a tree, a rod, any kind of a rod. It, Proverbs 26, 3, and I already said it, is a whip for a donkey, a bridle for a mule, and a rod for the back of a fool. Another, another cause of back problems is you lack understanding. Proverbs 10, verse 13 says, On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. Understanding is the truth that sets me free. Having a foolish mouth is another cause of back problems. Proverbs 14, 3 says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. You know, years ago when I was pastoring a church, I got a crick in my back. And this is how the Lord taught me um, about the gift of faith. But I had I got a crick in my back, and I kept thinking it's going to work out like a crick. After a few days, it'll get better. And I had people at the church pray for me, and I still had the crick in my back. And when they were praying and anointing me with oil, I heard this little voice say, well, you're not healed. And I wasn't. 
if you're somebody's praying for you and you hear that little voice that says you're not healed, you're not. Anyway, um, it didn't work out. So the next Sunday before I was going to preach, I pulled up all the scriptures on back and repented over every one of them. And I tell you, the ones that con- the ones that convicted me are the last three I just read: a whip for a donkey, a bridle for a mule, a rod for the back of a fool. On the lips of discerning. Uh, and 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 it's a rod for the back of him who lacks understanding and a rod for someone with a foolish mouth. Those three scriptures are the three that convicted me of my sin. And I repented, wrote generational curses. And when I was dressing, um, I heard, you're, you're, you're healed. And my spirit man went, yes, I couldn't doubt it. I knew I was healed, even though I still had a crick in my back. By the time I got to church, that crick was gone. What the Lord showed me is as long as there's sin in my life and my conscience is not clear, I don't have faith and trust in God. I don't have confidence. But the minute my conscience is clear, I have confidence in God. And that's how the faith, the gift of faith rose up in me. I'm thankful that over the years I always guess God, Lord, what is it you're trying to show me? And uh, because I had a daddy that would, he'd give you answers whether you wanted or not. He would tell you the answer. But if you grew up without a daddy that ever answered your questions, it would make you hard. It would you'd make it harder for you to ask God. And so, if you're listening to me and your dad never answered your questions, never, never solved your problems, never gave you understanding of things, um, never talked to talked to you, never communicated with you, you see, you think God's the same way. So you don't ask him. So if, you, if you're that person, forgive your father for those things and renounce the lie that God's just like your father so that you can um, be quick to go to God to ask him, Lord, what's the problem? God loves to tell you the problem. Another thing is being a lazy sluggard, maybe sitting too much, laying in bed, sitting on the couch, being a couch potato. You know, you can sit so long in your chair and you can that can affect the way you walk. <laughs> Proverbs 19:24 says the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back up to his mouth. Another thing is being a fool. Proverbs 19:29 says judgment are prepared for scoffers and the back and the blows for the back of fools. Have you ever tried to share something with somebody and they make fun or they laugh rather than, and they scoff at you? Instead of taking the hard, you've got this precious um, spiritual nugget that you want to share with somebody about uh, the miracle. In fact, I shared this about the water to a couple of people. I tried to share it with two, three people, and two of them walked off. And I tried to share it with someone else, and they laughed and made some kind of joke. That's a scoffing spirit. But, you know, I'm not telling you that because I'm holding unforgiveness. But can I tell you that nowadays there needs to be respect for the Word of God and excitement when somebody gives you a spiritual nugget? Another thing is uh, holding back when you can give to somebody and you hold back. Proverbs twenty one twenty six says, all day long he's craving while the righteous give and does not hold back. Another cause of back problems is parents never disciplining you. Proverbs twenty three thirteen says, do not hold back discipline from the child 
although you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Being slack in the day of distress. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you're slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. Another cause of back problems is being an angry person. Proverbs 29.11 says, a fool always loses his temper, but a righteous man holds it back. Stubborn, stiff-necked will keep us from turning back to the Lord, even after he's stricken us. You know, there are consequences. Whenever we violate God's word, then we step out in Satan's territory, and he has the legal right to attack us. Isaiah 9, 13 says, Yet the people do not turn back to him who struck them, nor do they seek the Lord of hosts. Another is not being a disciple. The Bible says the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Um, Jesus said, you know you're my disciple if you have love for one another. Uh, Isaiah 50 says, um, he'll give you the tongue of a disciple that you might sustain the weird one with a word. And every morning you will, he'll wake up your ears to listen as the disciple and you will not be disobedient nor turn back. Another cause of back problems is fear of man that causes you to be a, a doormat causes you to lay down let the enemy make your back a sidewalk you know with fear of man and i believe i taught this a few weeks ago on dorothy's show um where where it says fear of man with fear of man goes fear of confrontation fear of not being loved fear of not being liked fear of saying no fear of um failure fear of what people think and there's just a multitude of fears that go with fear of man but this one here, specifically, since it has to do with being a doormat, uh, God rebukes these people in Isaiah fifty-one twenty-three and says, I'll put into the hands of your tormentors who have said to you, lie down that we may walk over you. You have even made your back like the sidewalk, like the ground, and like the street for those who walk over it. And God rebukes them. God wants us to fear him more than we fear man. Turning back justice. you trying to block what's right. Uh, you know, today in America, and I'm sure it's in the world too, I've never seen so much evil where there's no justice. Innocent people being persecuted, being sent to jail when people that have been violating the law, obviously, they go with no punishment. I'm thinking, where is the justice? You know where it is? It's in eternity. When we stand before God's throne, that's where the justice is. He is the justice. He is He is justice. He is the judge of the universe. Isaiah 59, 14 says, And justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away, for truth has stumbled in the street, and uprightness cannot enter. Isaiah 59, 9, Therefore justice is far from us, And righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, but behold darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. Are you a person that walks in gloom? If you are, you need to look up all the words on gloom and find out why you're walking in gloom. God wants you to have the joy of the Lord. 
I know people that claim to be believers, but yet they walk around like they've swallowed a curtain rod. There's no joy. There's no happiness. There's no laughter. There's negativity, misery, martyr spirits. That's an abomination to God. Isaiah fifty nine twelve says, For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions <coughs> are with us. <coughs> and we know our iniquities transgressing and denying them the Lord and turning away from our God speaking oppression and revolt conceiving in and uttering from the heart lying words saying to an idol you are my father and you gave me birth turning our backs on the Lord and not our faces to him. Another thing is not being brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You know, when we're trained up the way, uh, we're trained up in the way we shouldn't go, it sets a demonic default that always causes us to, to turn us back to the ungodly way we're raised. You know, a default is like a default on a computer you know, you can type a letter and use one of, I think there's like 300 different fonts. I don't know exact the exact number, but you can choose any font and, uh, and type a letter, change that up. But when you go to another letter, it kicks it back to the way the factory raised it. I mean, the way the factory set it and how we're trained up sets a default, <clears throat> train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should not go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. So all those places where we were trained up in the way we shouldn't go, we have to let God retrain us through him using the problems in our life to point us to what he wants to fix next. The Bible says he disciplines every son whom he loves. And so those defaults can be broken. We keep trying to break out of the defaults we were trained up in, and we get kicked back to the way we were raised. And so how we... uh, you know, computers set at the factory to do certain things, which is the default. You and I, the way we were set at the factory was how we trained up. We were trained up. Years ago, I had I lived in a house that uh, the the bedrooms were downstairs. When you walk in the front door, you walked up on the second floor, actually the second floor of the house. And uh, I had a flower bed that went along the driveway, and it had a high retaining wall. It was probably about eight foot off the ground. <clears throat> and I planted cucumbers one year in that flower bed, and I had cucumbers that wanted to grow over the driveway. They wanted to grow every which direction. So the next year when I planted cucumbers, I had an idea that I would put a little stick as I was, um, when the when the little uh, cucumber plant would start growing, I would put a stick on each side, and I would try train those cucumber vines to go over the fence. And that's the kind of way it is in training up a child in the way it should go. Discipline in your child means that you're you're structuring him to go a certain direction. And when a parent does not train up a child in the way it should go, he provokes him to anger. And in the areas where we're angry, a lot of times it comes down through the way we were trained up. Jeremiah 11:10 says, they have turned back to their iniquities, the, the, to the iniquities of their ancestors who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. So God wants all the false gods out of our life. 
any sin is idolatry, according to First Samuel fifteen twenty three. When we turn back our backs to the Lord, He turns His back to us. Jeremiah eighteen seventeen says, "Like an east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back and not my face in the day of their calamity." And then having a spirit of Ephraim that turns back, God chastes chastises Ephraim for turning back and for following man's command rather than God's command. Turning out, and so God, the, the scripture says in Hosea, Hosea 10 that Ephraim followed man's commands rather than, than God's commands. And Ephraim means double fruit. And it's a picture of a double-minded person. It's a picture of compromise. And then turning our backs rather than our faces to God Jeremiah thirty two thirty three, and they have turned their back to me and not their face. Though I taught them teaching again and again, they would not listen and receive instruction. Have you been that kind of a person that wouldn't listen and receive instruction? Another is a running spirit, drawing back and taking refuge in, the, in flight. In fact, one of the curses in Leviticus 26 says that you'll run when nobody's chasing you and the sound of a driven leaf will cause you to run when no one's chasing. Jeremiah 46, 5 says, why have I seen it? Why have I seen it? They are terrified. They are drawing back and their mighty men are defeated and have taken refuge in flight without facing, without facing back. Terror is on every side, this declares the Lord. And then a spirit of Moab, Moab means apostasy. An, apost- an apostate spirit means a person turns back from what they believe. Jeremiah 48, verse 39, it says, and speaking of Moab, how shattered it is, how they have walled, how they have wailed, how Moab has turned his back. He is ashamed, so Moab will become a laughing stock and an object of terror to all who are around him. And then casting God behind our backs is another cause. Ezekiel twenty three thirty five. Therefore, thus says the Lord, God, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, Bear now the punishment of your lewdness and your harlotries. You know, when we enter into a, a, a covenant relationship with Jesus, we're going to be the bride of Christ. And then when our heart goes after other lovers, we commit spiritual harlotry. And then having a stagnant spirit. How many of you ever seen a stagnant creek where it's just green and slimy because it gets no flow of clean water through there? You know, uh, and of course, the, the Bible talks about the water being washed with water in the word. In Zephaniah 1, 6, it says, And those who have turned back from following the Lord and those who have not sought the Lord are inquired of him. And it talks about a, a stagnant spirit in that passage. <laughs> Stubbornness, Haggai 2, 17 says, I will, sm- I will smote you. And every work of your hands with a blasting wind, with mildew, that can be candida and hail, yet you have not come back to me, declares the Lord. So today, when you hear this 
message, this time to turn back to the Lord. And we are not uh, turned back to the world, uh, or we're not to turn back to the world or to worldly things. Uh, Mark thirteen sixteen says, and let him who is in the field not turn back to get his cloak. And this is a picture of when Jesus comes back. Don't run back to get something you have. I don't think we'll be thinking about that, but God tells us not to go back for something. And then demanding of others to give back. Luke 6, verse 30 says, give to everyone who asks of you and, and, whoever, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. Another cause is making a commitment to the Lord and then questioning, you know, should I, shouldn't I? Did I make a mistake? Luke 9:62. You know, I've been a Christian 55 years, and I can tell you there's not been a day in 55 years I haven't wanted all that God had for me. And I thank God that that is his grace. Because before I came to the Lord, I hated this life. I hated this world. I could see no purpose in it. Uh, but the minute God saved me, I, all, I had a reason to live. And it was like the storm in my life that was going on was now peaceful. And I'm still a work in progress. I'm still getting delivered. But I'm telling you, every day is a day of deliverance. I get delivered of something every day. And I'm so thankful for God's grace. Luke 9, 62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one after putting his hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Have you done that? Another is shrinking back. Hebrews ten thirty eight says, But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if his soul shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. When you stand before the Lord, you don't want, you want to live your life in such a way that when you stand before the Lord, and we all have to stand before him one day, I don't want to shrink back at his coming. I want to be able to know, God, I did my very best to live for you. I don't want him to say, depart from me, I never knew you. I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So not turning another person back. James 5.19 says, my brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, he saves him from a multitude of sins. Spiritual harlotry, committing spiritual adultery against the Lord. Revelation 18.6 says, pay her back, the harlot the one who's made a commitment to Jesus, but her heart goes after other lovers. That's the harlot. Pay her back even as she has paid and give back to her double according to her deeds. In the, in the cup in which she has mixed, mixed twice as much for herself. And of course, if you go in and read that, he makes her drunk. And so you see this drunkenness thing that goes on in a lot of places that they're calling revival. It's not of the Lord. It's actually a judgment from God because God tells us to be sober and alert. I've written a little book called Drunkenness, Is It a Blessing or Curse? And I encourage you to order it off my website, jerrymcgee.com. That's G, like George, E-R-I, McGee, M-C-G-H-E-E.com. Uh, I encourage you to order it because <clears throat> in that book, I've taken every scripture that has to do with drunk, drunken, sober, alert. 
And there's not one scripture that tells anyone that that movement is the Holy Spirit. In fact, it tells us uh, that if we practice drunkenness, it says in Galatians 5.19, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's one scripture that these people that are in this movement say, and they use the one where the the Holy, they thought the they were accusing the disciples when they received the Holy Spirit, they were accusing them of being drunk. But in that passage, Peter stands up and says, these men are not drunk. And so that's the one that they use, but they've taken it out of context. And repentance strengthens our back. Uh, Nahum 2.1 says, the one who scatters, has come up against me, man the fortress, watch the road, strengthen your back, summon all your strength. And so through repentance, the Bible says in Acts that times of refreshment come in the presence of the Lord through repentance. And through repentance, God heals us and restores us and brings us back to our inheritance. Jeremiah twelve fifteen says, and it will become about that after I have uprooted them, I will again have compassion on them, and I will bring them back, each one to his inheritance, and each one to his land. Praise God. Praise God for repentance. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. Praise God if I confess my sin, and if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And the Bible says that he sent his word to heal you, not folks. Psalms 107 says he healed, He sent his word to heal you. Jesus is the word of God, and he is forever the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if you can receive that and you want want deliverance, I'm going to lead you in repentance. And I'm, I'm trusting you've been repenting as I've been teaching, but I'm going to lead you in repentance, and then I'll do deliverance. And then it, we'll take any calls. If anybody wants to call in for prayer, I'll be happy to pray for you. So pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I ask you to forgive me for uh, each thing that I've confessed today. I ask you to forgive me for turning back, looking back. Forgive me for putting my hands to the plow and looking back. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for um, backsliding. God, I ask you to forgive me for not valuing your word. Forgive me for not being in your word. Forgive me for not asking you what the problem is. I forgive my mother and father for never answering my questions, never giving me solid answers. God, forgive me for backsliding, turning my back on you. I forgive my parents and every other person who put oppressive burdens on my back. Forgive me for making my back a sidewalk. Forgive me for carrying burdens. Lord, I forgive my parents for... um, for putting the the government on my shoulders. And and if you're listening, I want you to reach up and take, if this is you, take the government off your shoulders and put it on God's shoulders. Put it on Jesus. And, And, Lord, I forgive all the people that have nitpicked me and controlled me, the Pharisees, the nitpickers, the negative people that want me to jump through their hoops. I forgive my mother and father for wounding my spirit. I forgive them for provoking me to anger. Forgive me for backstabbing. I forgive anyone who's backstabbed to me and 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 put in my back a knife of betrayal. I forgive everybody that's spoken negative words over me. I cut and sever and nullify, make void every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment that's been spoken over me. I pull all those arrows out of each person's back from negative words. 
Uh, Father, I ask your Holy Spirit to move upon people, Lord, even as I'm praying. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to move upon each person who's listening. I pray that your healing power, your healing touch will touch every life in Jesus' name. I forgive doctors and medical people that have spoken words of death over me and prophesied over me. I cut and cancel every word of death, every word of iniquity has been spoken over me. I thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. Forgive me for pride. Forgive me for burning people down with my mouth. Lord, forgive me for exalting myself in pride, making hell look wise. I command the spirit of Leviathan to leave each life in Jesus' name. I command Behemoth, leave in Jesus' name. I forgive my parents that I had to be the responsible one. I forgive my mother and father that if I had to carry my brothers and sisters, I forgive them for putting excessive burdens on my back. Lord, I break soul ties with every person who's uh, hurt me, spoke evil to me, um, put oppressive burdens on my back. Uh, every person that's been riding my back, I break soul ties with brothers and sisters and people I've had to carry on my back. I break that demonic f- default that I have to carry everybody. I break it. I break the power of vexation in the name of Jesus. I remove vexation from my heart. I forgive anyone who sexually molested me, physically abused me, mentally abused me, sexually abused me, um, mentally abused me, physically abused me. I forgive them. I break soul ties with every person who's ever touched me in an inappropriate way. In Jesus' name, I cut those soul ties. I call back my soul and their souls and spirits from them. I send back their souls and spirits to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ. And I'm talking about the human spirit, not the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the name of Jesus, I forgive my mother and father that they never supported me. I forgive them that, uh, Lord, I forgive me that I haven't been able to cope cope with emotional difficulties because I've been a fainter. I command that fainting spirit to leave each person in the name of Jesus. I, I just lift the burdens. Lord, you said cast all of our care on you because what you care for us. So, Lord, we release all the burdens to you, Lord. Forgive me for being angry. I forgive my mother and father and forefathers that they made me a scapegoat. They took out their everybody took out their bad day on me. They blamed me for everything. I got in trouble for what everybody else did. Lord, I I ask you to forgive me for going to the world for answers, and I ask you to remove the repercussions of surgeries and drugs. Forgive me for looking back, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for idolatry. God, forgive me for um, looking back, turning back, Turning my back on you. Forgive me for being like Ephraim, following man's command and turning back in the day of battle. Forgive me for putting my hands to the plow and looking back. Forgive me for being greedy to want to take what you don't want me to have. Forgive me for worshiping false gods, turning back from your covenant, uh, not, not denying myself. I die to myself. I choose to give up my life that I might find it. Forgive me for turning back because of fear. Forgive me for fear, Lord. You've not given me a spirit of fear. Forgive me for going back to the cling to the world. Forgive me for marrying non-believers. And if you married a non-believer, God doesn't want you to get a divorce. But pray for that 
pray for that person. Forgive me for associating with the world. Forgive me for loving the world, Lord, being a friend of the world, making myself an enemy of yours. Forgive me for uh, turning back when a leader dies because uh, I've been trusting the wrong leader. Lord, you're the leader. I make you my leader, my doctor, my savior, my deliverer. Forgive me for turning back from following you fully. Forgive me for justifying my position, self-justification, partial obedience. I make you the Lord and master of my life. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to take control of me. Forgive me for turning back and not overcoming my enemies who are principalities and powers, not people. Forgive me for thinking it's all the people in my life that's the problem. And, Lord, when it's your when it was demons controlling people. Forgive me for casting you behind my back, Lord. Forgive me for anger, raging against you. Forgive me for my arrogance. And Lord, I just take the hooks out of their nose and the bridles off their lips, the bridles off their jaw, the hooks out of their jaws. I take them out in Jesus' name. Forgive me for raging against you, Lord, in arrogance. Pride and haughtiness. Forgive me for being a stumbling block, not not telling people uh, the error of their ways. Forgive me for not speaking the truth in love. Forgive me for being a fool. Forgive me for turn not turning back from the sword. God, forgive me for being an enemy of yours and an enemy of your children. Forgive me for hating your children, Lord, and not walking in love. Forgive me for not being a disciple. Forgive me for being that wicked person that borrows and does not give back. Forgive me for not giving and being a cheerful giver. Lord, I renounce the spirit of Ephraim following man's commands. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for double fruit. Forgive me for uh, falling back in the day of battle. Forgive me for turning back to folly. Forgive me for being a fool. Lord, I ask you to remove the plowers from each person's back. I lift them off in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for not giving to my neighbor, saying go and come back another day when I have it to give. Forgive me for being stingy and selfish. Lord, forgive me for being a fool that would cause me to have a rod to my back. Forgive me for being like a donkey. Lord, forgive me for being like a horse, like a fool, which would have a rod in my back. Forgive me for lacking understanding. God, forgive me for speaking words, having a foolish mouth that would cause me to have a rod to my back. Forgive me for being a lazy sluggard, sitting too much, being too lazy, being a calvish potato. Forgive me for being a fool. Forgive me from holding back from being a giver. Lord, forgive me for not being a cheerful giver. Forgive me for holding back. I forgive my parents for never properly disciplining me. me. Lord, forgive me as a parent that I've held back discipline from my child. Forgive me for being slack in the day of stress, which would cause me to have limited strength. Forgive me for being an angry person. Forgive me for always losing my temper and not holding it back. Forgive me for being stubborn, stiff-necked, not turning back to you, Lord. Even after you've stricken me, I haven't turned back. Forgive me for stubbornness. 
forgive me for not being a disciple, not loving my neighbor as myself, not loving you as my whole heart, not not to wake, not to having the tongue of a disciple that sustains the weary one with a word. Forgive me for having a mouth that tears down. Forgive me for speaking death instead of life. Forgive me for fear of man, fear of failure, fear of disappointment. Forgive me for fear of not being loved or liked, fear of failure. Forgive me for fear of confrontation, fear of what people think more than what you think. Forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for fear of man, double-mindedness, and compromise. Lord, forgive me for being a doormat, laying down and letting the enemy make my back a sidewalk. (laughs) Forgive me for being a compromiser, Lord. Forgive me for turning back justice and not loving truth, righteousness. Forgive me for speaking oppression and revolt. Forgive me for turning away from you, Lord. Forgive me for denying you and transgressing against you, Lord. Forgive me for um, conceiving in and uttering from the heart lying words. Forgive me for not loving truth. Forgive me for idolatry. I forgive my parents for not bringing me up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. I forgive them for setting demonic defaults in my life. God, forgive me for turning my back on you, which would cause you to turn your back on me. I renounce the spirit of Ephraim in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for turning my back to you instead of my face. Lord, I face you. I want to turn to your face now in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for having a running spirit, breaking covenant, disobedience to your voice and your commandments, which would cause me to be under a curse. I renounce Moab, a spirit of Moab, a spirit of apostasy in the name of Jesus. God, forgive me for casting you behind my back. Forgive me for having a stagnant spirit. And not letting the water of your word cleanse me each day. Forgive me for stubbornness, rebellion. Forgive me for turning back to the world and worldly things. Forgive me for loving the world. Forgive me for demanding others to give back. Forgive me for not having a generous heart. Forgive me for not helping the alien, the widow, and the orphan. Forgive me for making a commitment to you and then questioning it, putting my hand to the plow and then looking back. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for shrinking back. Forgive me for not turning brothers and people back from their sin. Forgive me for spiritual harlotry, spiritual adultery. God, thank you that times of refreshment come when I repent. And I do repent now, Lord. Forgive me for being a scoffer in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I just yield myself to you. And I invite your Holy Spirit to come and cleanse my heart and deliver me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And heal my body in Jesus' name. And I just uh, break soul ties with any, any person who sinned against me and who I've sinned against. I cut and sever every cord of control linking my soul in their in the human spirit to them and i call back my soul and human spirit from every person who's abused me 
physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, sexually, or even um, violated me in any way. And I send back their souls and human spirits back to them. Exchange their image for the image of Christ in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I just come against every spirit in Jesus' name. All spirits of back pain, vexation, hurt, sorrow, apathy, passivity, I come against in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of pain in their backs, pain in their bodies, I command the spirit of pain to leave their bodies in Jesus' name. Vexation of heart, you have to go now in Jesus' name. I command guilt and shame to go now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to heal their wounded spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, their spirit man that's been crushed, I ask now, Lord, that you move into those, into their spirit man, and I pray for restoration and healing. I give them beauty for ashes, all of joy instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, that they may be an oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Lord, for their shame, I ask you to give them a double portion, and I I pray that every person who's listening to this message will be a royal diadem in your hand. Lord, I rebuild the former devastations of many generationals. We break generational curses, soul-type curses of the forefathers in the name of Jesus. We break generational back pain. We break generational pain. We put it under the blood of Jesus. We come against fear, fear of failure, fear of disapproval, fear of man. We come against backsliding spirits in Jesus' name. We come against nitpicking, Pharisee spirits. We come against the burdens of spirits that have burdened them down. Every lying spirit, lies lying, unbelief, doubt has to go. Anger, hostility, grief has to leave. Anger, rage, arrogance has to go now in Jesus' name. All spirits of double-mindedness, all spirits of compromise, all spirits of diabetes has to go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the spirits that have bent their backs, the religious spirits, I command you to go. Spirits that have bent their backs double and caused their food table to be a snare, I command those spirits to go now in Jesus' name. Spirits of hatred, variance, strife, emulation, you have to go in Jesus' name. All God-hating spirits, all antichrist spirits, all scoffing spirits have to go. All spirits of deceit and failure has to leave now in Jesus' name. All spirits that would cause them to be bowed down and bent over because of the agitation of their heart. I command all agitation of heart to leave now in Jesus' name. All spirits that have caused them to be bent over. All spirits of cowardice, doormat spirits. All spirits that would cause them to lay down and let the enemy make their back a sidewalk. You came in through turning back. Lord, when they backslid, we break soul ties with every person they backslid with. We call back their soul and spirit from every person they've backslid with and send back their souls and spirits to every person they've backslid with and slid with. In Jesus' name, backsliding spirits, you have to go now. I command the flowers to leave their backs in Jesus' name. I take them off in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Mind control, sorcery. I break every word of death, word of iniquity. Curse assignment spoken over them. I take the rod out of their backs in Jesus' name. Every spirit that would cause them to lack understanding, all spirits that would cause them to have a foolish mouth, go now. Lord, cleanse their hearts from all defilement in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Take a deep breath and blow out and give Jesus a praise. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We exalt you. We honor you. We say you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Thank you that you're our deliverer, our king, our God. You are the mighty God. We thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. 
Great and mighty are you. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty are you. Lift up the banners, let the anthems ring. Praises to the King. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is he. You are so mighty, Lord. We thank you for what you've done. Now, those who are listening, pray with me, Lord. Fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Jesus' name, if you would like prayer, you can call in at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. Be happy to pray for you. And we meet the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. If you'd like to be on my email list, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at S like Sam, B like boy, C like cat, global.net. Or you can go on my website, jerrymcgee.com, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and that's all lowercase. And um, you, can, um, you can sign up for my email, and I send out notices of when I'm going to be on the radio. I'm also on Omega Man Radio the other Tuesdays of the month. So um, you can email me, and I'll add you to my, my um email list or you can just go right from the website and uh, sign up for email if you'd like to give a gift we would appreciate it Uh, we're not in this for gifts but it helps to support the ministry like i've said before i don't take anything from the ministry um and so anyway but you can send a gift through paypal if you choose to do that uh, we just love you and we want to hear from you. If we can help you, well, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. Um, or you can write me at post office box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. And Lindale is L-I-N-D-A-L-E, Texas. And uh, <clears throat> on my website, you can order Clearing the Land. I encourage you to order that. You can actually go through that book and you get deliverance because I list all the curses. There's deliverance prayers in the book. I I do a Duncanville seminar the first uh, Saturday of every month. And the next one is um, May the, let me look at my calendar. I think May the 7th. Let me get my calendar. No, the next, not the 7th, the the next Duncanville meeting is May the 5th. And we meet at the Hilton Garden Inn at exit 462 in Duncanville. And that's the Main Street exit off of Interstate 20. There's a Hilton Garden Inn. When you go in the front uh, door of the Hilton Hotel, go around to the right side of the desk and go all the way to the end of the hall. And we meet in the little room Back on the right, we just have a small group, but we have a good group of people that go, and you can get personal prayer. And uh, if you'd like to schedule a meeting in your area, then you, if you'll just um, uh, email me, we'll be glad. We go wherever the Lord opens the door, and we appreciate you listening in. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp um, the 27th, I'm sorry, the 24th through the 27th, 2018. 
And uh, I encourage you to come to the camp. It's inexpensive to come. If you like information, you can go to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and get information. And we have prayer teams that pray for people every morning. And I really don't know of a greater place in America to get deliverance. We have a great prayer team. Terry, we do have a caller. Okay. Okay, let me open her mic. Why do I assume okay. it's a her? That's bad. <laughs> okay, okay, area code 814. Go ahead. Hi. Hello, this is Greg. Hi, this is Greg from Pennsylvania. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I I saw your uh, son on Blog Talk for back pain. I figured I'd call in, and uh, I oh, was good. blessed. Oh, well, good. I guess I had previously subscribed, but I must have forgot about it. So uh, I'm, I re- I made a note to, to you know to uh, pay attention to when you're on. Okay, great. Well, I, that encourages me. I like to hear what God's done. How can I bless you tonight? Uh, well, I, I've been having the reoccurring back pain for a long time. I think it, uh, I think I always had a little bit of a curvature of the spine when I was a kid. And then as I, uh-huh. as I, as I got older, you know, it, it, uh, flames up a lot. Uh, right now it, I changed my diet. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that helps the inflammation, but you know, you can still tell it's out of line. It just doesn't really hurt like it used to. Right. Did you feel did you feel any relief when we prayed just now? Uh in my spirit. Pain? Do you have pain not now? Necessary. Uh no. Uh, not necessarily my back, but I, I got a lot of release from, you know, carrying other people's burdens and things like uh-huh. that. I'm I'm a I'm an intercessor and uh God speaks to me a lot so I can like I'll tune in sometimes to what's going on around the world. And sometimes I, I pick up a lot of burdens that way without knowing. Well, you're not supposed, there's a difference from, it's a difference between, um, how can I say this? God doesn't want you to absorb people's burdens to where you feel the pain. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know that. Yeah. I mean, he wants us to, he wants us to be compassionate. And pray for people, but if I carried everybody's burdens I've prayed for over the years, I'd be sick. You see what yeah, I'm saying? You got to yeah. break soul uh, ties with people you're praying for, uh, because if you if you've got, it's like if you some people talk about a burden bearing spirit where they just uh, pray for people and they just take on people's problems. It's almost like it they become a scapegoat. So don't do that. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, I've been trying to that. shed that. For a while, uh, I thought well, I just kind command of that burden-bearing spirit out of him now, in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave Greg in Jesus' name. Any spirits that are working in him that causes him to absorb the pain and burdens of others, I command you to go. And Father, I ask you to straighten that out, and I ask you to give him a proper. Uh, you tell us, Lord, that we are to bear each other's burdens, but not take it on permanently. So, Lord, we just ask you in the name of Jesus to straighten all that out where he bears their burdens long enough to pray for them and then lets it go in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Do you feel pain anywhere in your body? Uh, Not right now. I feel feel good. Did you you have pain before before you started listening? Mm, not, Not much. 
Uh, you, sometimes much. when I go on a fast, when I start to change my diet, it changes things. But, you uh-huh. know, so, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged. With that. I know a lot of it has to do with emotion. And uh, uh-huh. since I've been on, I've been participating a lot on blog talk radio. Uh-huh. And I find that as I can fellowship with other believers and express myself and share, I don't mm-hmm. get, uh, I don't absorb other people's uh, garbage as much anymore. Oh, that's good. So, that's good. Uh, Praise God. I think, yeah. Because, you know, I well, think. Well, there's people re- that, there's people the- that try to take things on thinking that that's spiritual, but it's not. It's demonic. Yeah, I I, I, I know. You said you had a crooked. Uh, did you have a crooked spine? Do you have scoliosis? Uh slightly. You know, not well, I enough command to, the spirit. Uh, well, Lord, we just break the power of a perverse spirit coming down generationally. We break generational curses, foci curses, cultural curses, and we command a spirit of scoliosis out. Father, we ask you to move along his spine and straighten it by the power of your Holy Spirit. And straighten everything that's crooked in all of us, Lord. We ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Bless you. Well, bless you. I appreciate you. you calling in. It's encouraging. Amen. Hope to talk to you again Amen. sometime. Uh, yes, God I'm going to keep you. track of the ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Bye. God bless you for listening. Thank you. Anybody else need prayer? No. Not. Okay. I'll be praying for you, Dorothy, and your family. Thank Um, you. And um, anyway, I hope you'll listen again till next time. Next first and third uh, Tuesdays, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you in a greater way. I love you in Jesus. Love